Welcome to the But Here We Go podcast, coming at you from But Here We Go Studios in lovely Dallas, Texas. Today was lovely. The weather was was nice. I think I'm sunsick. Too much sun. Too much sun in one time. So if I sound weird, I am in fact not intoxicated. <laughs> You're intoxicated on vitamin with C. Vitamin is it vitamin C or vitamin D? I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was very nice out today. We spent lots of time at the park. We went to two separate parks. parks. <laughs> multiple parks. Drove around, hit some estate sales, saw some stuff in the trash. Didn't pick any of it up. Oh, except for the brand new wrapping paper. Did your family do that thing where... So something my family did growing up, we would go to all the sales after Christmas, one of which was all the wrapping paper. All of it was on sale for like 10 cents a roll. We would use maybe one roll a year, but then at the end of Christmas, we would go and buy five more. So this trash bag that I pulled these out of today, it actually had probably 40 rolls of wrapping paper. Good Lord. Only the three were brand new, still still in the shrink wrap. What is it? Was there a question in there? Yeah. So I could relate to that trash bag. I understood what they were doing, how and why they ended up with 40 rolls of half-used Christmas wrapping paper. So I just want to let you know that you are not a trash bag to me. I see your innate value. (laughs) You are special. (laughs) Thank you. I'm asking, can you relate? Did your family do the same thing? No, we did not celebrate Christmas in the traditional sense. That's right. (laughs) We... Did not buy wrapping paper. Literally, I don't think I, I think I bought my first like real like roll of wrapping paper like a year ago. So we did not, quick recap, we we celebrated Christmas in the sense of like the religious holiday, but we did not do Santa Claus. We did not do, uh, like my parents never gave me Christmas presents. Don't you worry, I had four pairs of grandparents, so definitely got presents, but not for my parents. And then on Christmas Day, we would go and volunteer somewhere because Jesus is the reason for the season kind of a thing. So we didn't do wrapping paper. And for most gifts, we would either use a bag, like reuse a bag that was given to us as a gift, or we would use newspaper as wrapping paper, which honestly, I kind of want to bring back the newspaper wrapping as a Oh, yeah. Wrapping paper. But that means we would have to get newspapers. I remember, and I don't remember what I was doing this for, but I remember when I was in college, because they would, at that, I don't know if they still do physical copies of the Daily Campus, but when I was in college, they did do, or they did do physical copies of the Daily Campus, and I would just go grab a stack and wrap everything up with it. And the Daily Campus is the on-campus SMU newspaper. Right. It may be fully digital now. I'm not quite sure. Anywho. One thing that that I think we've noticed that is a bit of a, how should I put this? It is a character trait that was passed from my father to me. And now we can tell this character trait is being passed on to Jake. This is the the fact that we just can't throw things away. And this is a, a real problem when it comes to us taking things out of the trash or even going on regular walks. Because Jake will go and find sticks or he'll find a literal little, trash, a literal trash or like this small little trinket. Be like, oh, this is my new toy and I'm going to love it forever. <laughs> and if we take anything from the trash saying, you know what, we may 
have a use for this. We may want to play with this or put this in our house somewhere. If we bring it home, Jake has claimed it as his, and then it can't go back into the bulk trash. It started in from like the heart of like teaching him that everything has value. Right. And we can read like, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle, repurpose, do something. However, it has gotten to full level hoarding, I think, at this point, because like he will like go to the trash can in our kitchen and like look <laughs> in there, like and be like, Why are you throwing all this away? And we're like, It's literally <laughs> rotten food and like candy wrappers. And, he, and then he'll start crying and be like, and I don't want to throw it away. Yeah. So we, we may need therapy. <laughs> we may need to. <laughs> He's a very nip, sensitive child. Nip that one in the bud. Right. We may need to figure that one out. Jake, if you're listening to this 15, 20 years from now. Look at us. We still have our podcasts <laughs> up. Aren't we great? <laughs> We're You've still got the paying. coolest parents in the world. We're still paying that monthly fee to have our, <laughs> or that annual fee to have our podcast uh on Apple Podcasts. Who knows? We may be the next Joe Rogan. We no, just don't know it yet. No. That's intense. You know, Joe Rogan started somewhere. Yeah, Fear Factor. That's the Joe Rogan I know, is Fear Factor Joe Rogan, when Joe Rogan had hair. He had hair on Fear Factor? Have you never seen Fear Factor? I mean, kind of. Okay, can we just like go back in time a bit and discuss the schedule of TV shows that my family used to watch? Fear Factor, Battle Bots, Battle Bots, Cutlery Corner. <laughs> Was that the show on like QVC that sold? Knives? I don't know if it was QVC. All I know is it was only on super, super late at night. And it was yeah. literally some dude in his basement and like yeah. his video camera selling friggin' katanas. And, then, and I'm like, where is he getting all this stuff? And he stuff? always had like that big piece of wood that he just like stabbed <laughs> the knives in. Half the time they wouldn't stick. Honestly, I think I just kept watching because I was convinced that like the SWAT team was going like, <laughs> to bust in in the middle of a filming because the guy was like a serial killer. I guy. tell you what though, for a little boy, like I... I did they have Cutlery Corner up in Illinois? Maybe, maybe they did. Maybe did he they didn't. get that? How much... <laughs> To broadcast everywhere, that's a lot. Well, Good you for just him. pay QVC a little bit of money for buying? a 30-minute spot at 12 a.m., boom, you're on. But who bought the Katanas? <laughs> I never <laughs> bought, bought anything them? from but he was selling packs of like 20 knives for 200 bucks. It was crazy. Like 10 bucks a knife. Calorie Corner was lit. And it was just, it was, it sounded like such a great deal, but I'm glad I never tried to buy any because now looking back on it, those are probably all trash. Yeah, or fake Every or single something. one of them. Yeah. Except for the katanas, those had to be real. So that is, that's one thing that that you never see at estate sales. Katanas? Just, <laughs> no, not not katanas. Knives. But a big, huge knife collection. That's probably because people keep that or like sell it in like a, you know. They've got better ways to sell it? Yeah, there's probably just like specialists and stuff like take it to yeah, I guess someplace so. else. I guess so. For the same reason. Well, I guess guns are are, yeah, are regulated more than knives. Yeah, and that's one of those things I always wonder about with the the few guns that we see at estate sales. I think once they're classified as antiques, you can sell them. Yeah, then you yeah, can sell them. You can't. Every once in a while, there's like an old single barrel shotgun. And I'm like, why is this here? Was it like forgotten about? Does it not work? Nobody likes it? Like, why is it here? This may come as a surprise to you, my dear. 
but not everybody is obsessed with weapons like you are. <laughs> okay, okay. I am not obsessed with weapons. You are obsessed. I'm not obsessed with weapons. That is a... That's a gross exaggeration. It's one of the things that you and I diverge so much on because I'm so anti-guns and like weapons of all kinds. And I'm basically a pacifist at this point. (laughs) And like, I mean, you're not like the opposite of a pacifist. (laughs) You're not a warmonger. (laughs) But you, uh, you very much enjoy the mechanics of guns and shooting, going to a shooting range and like... The last time I went to a shooting range with was with you, and honestly, I think it was the first time I've been to a shooting range, and I near had a panic attack. It really stressed me out. Okay, okay. <laughs> Call the recorder. It uh, it's it a good sh- thing. It changed the game. I do think that there was an SNL skit making fun of it at one time. I hope so. Looking back, it really was not well done. I have good news and bad news. He is still selling knives. Good news is Cutlery Corner still exists. Good. Bad news is I don't think it's on air anymore, and I don't believe he's involved still. Because his Twitter says former host of Cutlery Corner. Oh my gosh, can I just read you this? This uh, The question, I guess, that people have been asking is, who are the hosts of Cutlery Corner? And this is the blurb from 2017. Sheila, Todd, and Tom are the delightfully deranged hosts of The Knife Show. Oh, I guess they changed their name. Day after day, the trio fearlessly engages in the haphazard handling of ludicrous blades of all shapes and sizes. Fan friggin' tasket. Fan friggin' tastic. Where is the knife show now? Is it on QVC? Is it on Amazon Live? Where is, Where the is, knife is it? Show. Knife show. Knife Cut show. Buying ludicrous blades. Uh, what? Haphazard holding. Gonna kill people on live television. You're Giveaways. Gonna You're gonna lose. Pressure online and win this Arno Bernard Blue Kudo Bone Rhino Bowie knife. You're gonna lose your fingers. Hey, question why I'm looking this up. Do you think it's Bowie or Bowie knife? Oh, that's a good question. Because it was a I I want to say it's not the one you think it is. It's not a it's not a David Bowie knife. It's a Bowie knife. Okay, I think they're just on YouTube at this point. They sell knives through YouTube. How do you do that? Or is it just a show where they talk about it? It's on CCN Cutlery Corner Network. <laughs> wow, they have their <laughs> own network now. Guys, just trust us. Go look up Cutlery Corner. Go check out Cutlery Corner. We'll we'll put it in the show it's notes. It's just like a it's like a little snapshot of America that you don't really get to see. Tr- yeah. Like a true rendition of it. Yeah. Childhood memories of Cutlery Corner. Cutlery Corner. What I, were we talking about? I don't know how we got there. But on that same vein, did you know that they have like a QVC for Amazon? Yes. They have Amazon Live streams where you can go and buy Amazon products. Here's what I think is funny about Amazon. I don't understand how Amazon has gotten away with being a monopoly and no one else has like tried to stop them. To that point, there are a lot of different sellers on Amazon. So if we're just talking about Amazon.com where you go and buy things, similar to like if you were to walk into Walmart and be able to buy whatever you want, Amazon.com 
basically the online are you, version. Hold on. Are you trying to explain to the listeners what Amazon is? No, no. Well, yes, because Amazon, there are there's also AWS, which is the cloud computing platform, which is completely different and a completely different arm of Amazon. But it's still an arm of the beast that is Amazon. But it is, it is the same. If you think about Google, Google itself is actually one company and it is under the umbrella of Alphabet. So then YouTube. What is Alphabet? Alphabet is the parent company that owns Google. But then there's also YouTube, which is owned by Google, but it's not owned by Google. It's owned by Alphabet. And thus owned by Alphabet. To your point, something like Google is also, could also be considered a monopoly, except that they have kind of broken apart into this Alphabet umbrella. Alphabet Inc. spelled like Alphabet. It's a multinational conglomerate company. It's an American multinational technology multinational <laughs> technology conglomerate holding company headquartered in Mountain View, California. It was created through a restructuring of Google and became the parent company of Google and several several former Google subsidiaries, a.k.a. this is its way to get around the freaking monopoly rules. It's the same way that somebody like Procter & Gamble can own a majority of the products that you probably buy, but you don't realize they are all owned by the same company. This seems like a loophole and I don't like it, but we yeah. can move we It can probably move on. is. So yes, Amazon, maybe they're a monopoly, maybe they're not, but how did we get we're we're going off so, on tangents. Yes. So Amazon, AWS, totally different arm of Amazon, totally different. We're talking about the going and buying goods part of amazon right not paying for cloud computing we weren't talking about paying for cloud computing no, we're not talking about cloud computing thank here folks god you brought that up because i think everyone would be very confused so thanks for clarifying so you can be a private seller on amazon so that is one of the ways that this is all quote unquote clean not a monopoly i want you to go back in time with me okay just pick just think about you're in like a little medieval village and there's a marketplace. It's the biggest marketplace in the region. Is there a mask that has bees in it? I have no idea what you're talking about. The bees, not I don't, the bees. What does this have to do with, with anything? Nick Cage. What does that have to do with anything I'm talking about? Because that was like a medieval torture no, that he you, went under. Have you seen that movie that you... No, it just no. looked... That's that has nothing to what? do with the plot of that movie. That wasn't Medieval Times? No, it was a... Oh, my God. No, it has <laughs> not... Anyway, if you're... just go. This is a long-form metaphor. We're in Medieval Times. It's the biggest marketplace in the region. There are other marketplaces, but not near as good. So everybody wants to sell their goods at this marketplace. And that marketplace is owned by one dude who charges a fee. And thus controls who gets in and out of the marketplace. And he does shady things and is getting far too rich to where he's trying to take over the kingdom. That's how I look at it. <laughs> I see. I just don't see anything good coming of it. I see what you're saying. Do I shop at Amazon? Yes, because their prices are good and we're frugal as heck. But I just don't, from a historical perspective, I don't think it's going to end well. I'm thinking Rockefellers. 
I'm thinking Carnegie's. I'm thinking the J.P. Morgan's. I'm what think- do they all do? What? What did they all do? Like they were like the big like millionaires of the nineteen early nineteen hundreds that literally controlled everything. J.P. Morgan, he alone bailed out the U.S. government when they went bankrupt. That's how rich the dude was. It's too much power. I don't like it. I hear you. I still have not seen concrete examples <laughs> of this power just, being I mean, wielded I, poorly. I just this want isn't. This. Paul, John, and Sheila on Cutlery <laughs> Corner with their haphazard handling. Speaking of a conglomerate <laughs> who is up to no good, Cutlery Corner. Um, no, I just want you guys to know, on the, I'm going on the record, that uh, today is the, what day is it? Today is March 19th, 2022, and if you're listening to this and Amazon has taken over, I told you so. That was, that was, that was my Joe Rogan moment. And I will go on the record saying Amazon is... Awesome. <laughs> hey, I love everything about Amazon. I am especially a- <laughs> AWS. They are the best. <laughs> and they, they are the your greatest. podcast sponsor. I know. They may or may not sponsor my other show. But here's the thing you just <laughs> went on your whole tirade telling me that they're not the same as Amazon. So why it's are you true, so they're concerned? Not. They're not. <laughs> That's what I thought, Joe. That's what I thought. Oh, wait, this, I don't know. I honestly don't remember what we were talking about, but it made me remember about a show that I wanted to tell you about. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that show. It's called The Courtship. Have we talked about this? Tell the audience what what right. The Courtship's about. Um, but <laughs> disclaimer, I watched the first five minutes of an episode, but then something happened and I had to turn it off. Anywho, it's called The Courtship. No, your eyes started bleeding. <laughs> and your ears. <laughs> okay. Think bachelor bachelorette franchise but think let's do that in jane austen's time that's the courtship and the whole premise of the show is and this is like on abc like it's like not on some it's not a cutlery corner of dating shows it is (laughs) not a youtube original right it's a legitimate dating show on right now but they got one girl and they got like 12 16 dude suitors flew them all to england She's American. They flew them all to the UK to literally live like they're in Pride and Prejudice. She gets her parents and two or three of her best friends. They're on like the court to where like literally like, they're part of the decision makers for this because back back in the day, your parents and close friends were the ones who would do that. So they are literally trying to set up the show to be like courtship. All the dudes... Like once they were selected to be on the show, had to go through like a court, like a manners boot camp and like learn like the actual like protocol of the early or the mid to late 1800s or whatnot. How to be chivalrous. So like on paper, I wanted to love it. (laughs) (laughs) On paper, I wanted to love it. But the fact that it's a dating game show, to me, is the exact opposite of traditional courtship that I was like, literally, this doesn't make any sense. I hear you. I'm curious, though, when I think about this, I also feel like nearly any story I've heard from that time period, there's always some massive ball. And that is ultimately where people get matched up. Okay, but that and this is what I'm telling you. The first episode... They had a massive ball for her to meet the dudes that were going to be vying for her hand. And don't you worry, there's a ton of other lady extras there to dance with the dudes when they're not talking to her. But they're all there vying for her hand, which, again, is not necessarily super accurate. 
But they're try they were trying very hard to like do this whole courtship thing. And I I guess I just need to watch it more. I also think that it it's going to be hard to translate because we are in such a significantly different time. I would feel like the lady is going to be like, you know what? I want that guy. And the the court will say, we know this guy is the one. Or maybe they won't say that. And then there'll be like something back and forth like, well, you do you. Or, well, as long as you're happy. Or something along those lines. And I, I, and I realize that there are still cultures that have arranged marriages. And a statistic that I'm pulling out of thin air, I'm pretty sure that arranged marriages have a better success rate than non-arranged marriages. But it is not something that you can pull Americans into. At least this is what I'm saying. I think that you cannot pull Americans into this, which is more of an arranged marriage, and have it succeed. I think she is going to rebel, and I think the guys are going to treat it like typical dating. So hold that thought. The divorce rate of arranged marriages is less than 4% versus 40% of marriages in the U.S. where partners choose to marry on their own free will. 4%. 4%. So I think it doesn't say that they're having marriages. <laughs> it just no, says that there's that's the divorce they don't, rate. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what annoyed me with the show because it's purely a gimmick and it's not really focusing on um it's not really focusing on successful marriage. Right. It's just like, hey, maybe y'all will like each other better if the guy looks like he's Mr. Darcy and you're in a really fluffy ball game like that. And your best friends and your parents are telling you the whole time, hey, you should go with that guy. Right. And I'm almost curious to know uh, if it sets it up for failure. And that's like the main complaint about the, The Bachelor and Bachelorette, right? Is that like when you put all these women or men, depending on the show, in this house and like it's pressure it's a time crunch they're vying it's like a competition they're going to all these magical like fantasy suites and like vacations you're not going to be doing as a regular couple it, it creates emotions that are not real yeah and so that's something i'm interested to see about the show this courtship show is that it's like are you if you're going through this process like literally they're in costumes and, like, are you actually meeting or courting these dudes? Like, or are you courting these dudes as a character? If you think about the courtship process, if I recall, according to the numerous stories that I know about courtship processes back then, this should be more of a six to 12 month process right. <laughs> and then engagement to marriage of like two or three months. It was more like weeks, but yes, yeah, very so short. It's, it is a long courtship process that is very regimented with with people around, but presumably these guys aren't going to be, these guys and gals and family members are not going to be out taping for six to 12 months. Well, and here's the other thing. and uh, Like I said, they're all in the UK, right? Some guys are British, some are American, whatever. You're telling me that this girl is going to f- allegedly fall in love with a random guy she's met on the show. What if Up he lived her life? What if she he lives in a different country? Like there are like m- major implications for this that I'm sure. Well, I'm sure they either didn't think of or they don't care because it's a gimmick for a TV show. 
Yeah. And obviously there would have been the six month or 12 month or 18 month post-production embargo period where she has picked her man and they have not talked and have not been in public together. So they're probably figuring that stuff out or they've already moved on and they're, they've already broken up. And that's why I out of because I don't typically watch dating shows. However, the Married at First Sight show I think is the best attempt at like setting people up for successful marriages. But they also have a terrible success rate. <laughs> I feel that like it's just been recently, and I have a theory on that. And this is my theory because the 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 quote unquote. So back up, Married at First Sight is a show. Three experts, like it's like a sex therapist or counselor, a pastor, and then another psychologist or whatever, literally set up random couples from one town. So they all live in the same town. So that's, you know, that takes care of that problem. Um, And then they set them up based on like a whole like list of rubric of stuff. And they're actually having successful marriages out of it. But my theory on this, and it's just a theory, I have no way to test it, is that because I've been watching for a while, years, and I've noticed that every season, the people are great. It's not that they're trash people, though they will have the occasional just trash human being that you're like, how the heck did this guy get on the show? But they have no idea what they want out of marriage. And that, and it's like, you can see like, primarily through like, oh, well, I want to be married and I just want everything in my life to say exactly the same, except I want to be married. And like, that's literally like everybody. And I'm like, I don't think you want to be married because <laughs> that's not what it is at all. It sounds like you want a relationship with somebody, but also it kind of sounds like you want a companion with benefits. Right. It takes a very special kind of person to sign up to get legitimately legally married at first sight. Like they don't even meet. They meet at the older and get married. So it takes like a, a, only a small amount of people who are maybe borderline either desperate or crazy do that. Combine that with unrealistic expectations. It's just like a hot mess. Anyway, courtship. If you watch the courtship, text me your thoughts. I'll see if I'll be able to catch up. I'm not sure I will be able to. Or just text some encouraging words saying, hey, it is worth it. I I want to know what the what the success rate is for Married at First Sight. I ask that mostly because I'm going back to the idea of arranged marriages are uncommon in the U.S. and divorce is just kind of a a normal thing. Whereas I, I would think that arranged marriages and in those cultures, divorces is highly frowned upon. So it you're you're absolutely right that there are probably maybe even more unhappy marriages in arranged marriage cultures. It's possible. Uh, but I've also heard a lot of great successful yeah, I've stories heard a lot about of great, it. Great stories. Right. In that sense, they go in knowing like, this is it. We're going to figure out how to make it work. And that's that. But for something like Married at First Sight, they can go in saying, hey, I'm ready to be married. But of course, there's always there's always a way out. It doesn't matter. I've talked to people who have said that same thing. They've been like, well, do I want to get married? I mean, I can, but it doesn't mean anything because ultimately I could I could just go and get divorced. 
Well, and I think like like a person's religious beliefs play a lot into it yeah. as well. I think especially just as like modern culture plays out where I feel like now like if you are not religious and don't have like a huge tie to like the institution of marriage, like there then, really then is not a reason married? for you to get married other than like legal tax yeah. situations. And some like being having the rights to go visit in the a hospital. loved one in the hospital. Yeah, but I feel like they're adjusting those I think rules there's ways to yeah. get around that depending on where you are at. And if you don't have kids, then it's like uh, Yeah. If there's no kids involved. Right. Then yeah. Oh wait, um the, I got I found the stat. Let's hear it. Over the thirteen completed seasons of Married at First Sight, forty nine couples have been matched together. So 59% chose to stay married on decision day. So basically they get married at the beginning of the show and then you follow them along the first six weeks of marriage. And then after the six weeks, six, eight weeks, they like get to decide if they're legally getting divorced or if they want to stay together. And so 59 for math, I'm going to say 60% say yes and continue to be married. However, it says out of which more than half have since divorced, filed for divorce or announced their divorce. So you're probably looking at like a 25% success rate. Which I think really goes to your point because I think the national average right now is right around 50%. It, yeah, it's just at 40 when I looked it up. 40% success rate or 40% divorce sorry, sorry, rate? Sorry, 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 sorry. 40% divorce rate, yeah, in American households. Okay, so that, so married at first sight is significantly worse than the national average. And if that's the case, I would I would think that it also goes into everything you were saying about the courtship, that going through that process, having cameras in your face for the first eight weeks of knowing each other and doing it in a culture that has slowly lowered the value of marriage, I think all of that ultimately stacks the odds against you to have a successful relationship. Okay, I just looked up the Bachelorette divorce rate. 28 seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Two-thirds of the seasons end with proposals. However, only five of those proposals have led to marriage. Wow. The Bachelorette has a better success rate at 30% versus The Bachelor at 11%. Good Lord. Wow. So I think if I'm looking at this right... Married at First Sight has a significantly better success rate than oh, The Bachelor. Yeah. Dang, Bachelor, Bachelorette. Y'all need to, like... From all of this, this has been a pretty uh, somber discussion <laughs> Hey, about last week we said TV. we were talking about marriage, so here you go. You know, reality TV, it's all just, just a train wreck that's fun to watch. I just don't know what brings people to sign up for those shows. Like I think of Love is like Love is Blind is the Netflix show that everybody's <laughs> chatting about right now. Oh man. And honestly, cool. I like the premise better than I like Married at First Sight because they so for anyone who hasn't watched Love is Blind, they essentially get like tw 25 40 women same amount of dudes and they like speed date but they never see each other. So the whole point is like you're going to speed date and get to know each other without the superficial stuff. And then the few couples that actually, like, they literally get engaged after speed dating. And then they meet each other for the first time. And then they have, like, six weeks to plan their wedding. And then the show ends with whether or not they say I do at the end. So I, what I have appreciated about that show is the fact that they actually get to know each other first. Yeah. 
and they actually talk about really hard questions, which is like important. And I and for married at first sight, you don't get to do that till after you get married. And like if you have a massive like disagreement like religion or you guys spend money differently, like that's a huge thing to overcome that you could have like gotten out of the get go before but it's still a reality tv show which has a terrible success rate across the board yeah so i'm taking two things from this one the people who are going on these shows i don't know what they're thinking they're either (laughs) super desperate or looking for that that way to get famous or they are looking for just something fun to do if they think this is fun like they're doing something I have no idea what. Maybe they're not desperate. Maybe they're hopeful. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe they think they're one of the five right. couples. Because there have been some really it. sweet couples that on some of these shows that are super down to earth and somehow made it onto the show without being psychotic. The other the other thing that I'm learning is that you can't be too empathetic watching these shows because if you think about it realistically. These are None failed of these marriages. couples are going to make it. Right. Overall, the success rate is probably about one in five couples, about 20% across all the shows, maybe even less than that. Let's be real. It's probably closer to one and a half in 10 couples. Well, that's why I stopped watching them. I was getting anxious. It's not fun watching people's relationships fail over and over and over again. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a sad state of affairs because that's... That's like why we watch some of these shows, right? Like to make ourselves feel better. Like we're like, oh, no, well, but I don't. I, that's not what you want to no, do. No, I watch it because I want people to succeed yeah. and like have the ability to start families. I don't watch for the train wreck, but then I've realized that the show is designed for the train wreck. They almost want the train wreck to happen. Yeah. And that's what everybody else is watching for. Right. Like the reason. Everybody else watches that TV is to make themselves feel better. Is it just like a more complicated version of Wipeout? Like Ooh. relationship Wipeout. We really just enjoy Ooh. watching people fail. Man, I could watch a good episode of Wipeout or just a compilation of Wipeouts. I'm trying to think of a like reality show that's popular that's like all about hoping the best for people. I got one. Survivor? A survivor, kind of. Sort of. But I was thinking of Average Joe. But that was a dating show. No, Are we, no. We're not You're talking, talking about, about the Joe average... Millionaire. No, they, we talked about this last time or on another podcast. There was a dating show called Average Joe where it was literally The Bachelor, but instead of a super ripped hot dude, it was literally an average person and a bunch of hot babes and it was a such a sweet show because in the first half of the season they all started to like him and then production halfway through the freaking season were like hey there's only six girls left so we're gonna introduce oh yeah they like introduced six hot guys in the mix with the average joe dude and then all the hot girls bounced and went with the hot bros so that is totally different show than what i'm it thinking was of. Devastating. There's another show that I forget the name of it, but the whole premise was that there was one guy who did not know. It was almost like a a reality show version of the Truman Show, where there's this one guy. He didn't know he was on a reality show? He didn't know that he was on a reality show, and everybody was making this stuff up around him. 
How is that legal? You all sign papers and stuff. It You just sign it away. And ultimately what happened, they were going to ultimately give him this money. But I think they only made it like a week. So they, they ended up taping like 10 episodes or something. So it was a pretty short season. In real time, they only made it like a week because he just got so attached to the people and they realized that he was like such a great guy that they couldn't keep playing this game on him. So they were like, hey, we got to cut it now because this guy's so great. We don't want to like cause him all this mental anguish. So that was one where the end result was like, this guy is awesome. And he clearly is is the best of us. And this is what we should hope for. That was the one show that I think ended with this very happy ending. Um, I just want to say I was completely wrong about Average Joe, my version. I remembered it completely incorrectly. <laughs> Apparently, it was 16 to 18 ordinary dudes, and they all were trying to win the heart of a beauty queen. I was, however, correct because halfway through when it was down to like six dudes, they introduced six hot guys to vie for the heart of the beauty queen. And after four seasons, every single time she chose a hot guy that she knew for half as long. Hot guys, man. Freaking show. Yeah. Depressing. You know the show, the dating show that really had the heart that I'm needing in a dating show? Yeah, flavor of love. Ah, flavor of love. That was a good one. Oh man, I'm kidding. Flava. I've actually never seen flava. it, but I, from what I know about it, it sounds like a. It was purposely for sure a train wreck. But <laughs> I watched a few episodes of that. It was funny. <laughs> Did he find love? I think so. Did he really? Yeah, good, good for him. I think. How many seasons? Did he find a new love may, each season? There may have been two or three, <laughs> but no, they. They switched off of Flava Flav because he found somebody and and they were in a relationship. Wow. So like they couldn't do anymore. Good for him. But they had a few others. Like I think there was Rock of Love. Okay, which, I remember that. Was it the Rock? No, not the Rock. It was like I forget his name. But it was some rock star. And then later they did one of the girls from one of the shows who was like a famous girl who didn't get flavor flav yeah who didn't what's get what's his name i just said flavor flav and that sounded far too <laughs> that sounded too uh, pronounced flavor flav we were going to talk about march madness oh god <laughs> yeah but here's the thing everybody i know I know some of you may be wondering because, you know, it's March. March Madness started last week. And I I bet you were thinking, I'm really excited to hear the Batiers talk about college basketball. I know they're fans. I know they've got some some hot takes. I just can't wait. That's because I nixed it. We don't talk about basketball in our house we don't really talk about sports in our house so we're not going to talk about march madness <laughs> so stop asking us. so sorry okay so to end this thing off joe and i and jake are going to la this upcoming weekend to use some vouchers don't ask it's a long story um however if y'all 
know anyone or are familiar with the LA area, let us know fun things that we should do while we're there. Cause we literally don't have any plans. We, we do have a loose plan. We're going to go to the aquarium, of the aquarium, maybe the tar pits. And we are going, we are thinking of hitting up a few of the restaurants that have been featured on worth it. The YouTube series. Right. But if you have restaurants of your recommend recommending, then let's hear them. Also, I realized today that we will, in fact, be in L.A. when the Oscars are going on. So let's make a bet. Do we think we're going to see anybody famous? No. Really? I think I think we are going to have, well... But I, all the celebs are going to be in town. To your point, there will be a higher number of celebrities in town. So there is a slightly higher opportunity. But I... I would also say that that increase in opportunity, I think, is is pretty minuscule compared to the overall opportunity since L.A. already has have, so many. Have you been with me when I've met someone famous? Because I have met a like a naturally large number of famous people. No, I have not. There you go. It's going to happen. Have you been with me when I've met somebody famous? <laughs> no. So maybe our powers combined, we're going to meet Tom Hanks. We'll just go to a really fancy part of town to a playground and hope Jake starts playing with some famous person's kid. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Boom. We'll report back. It'll be great. All right. Well, I think I think if we if we sum up this episode, it is feel free to watch reality TV, especially the dating shows. But just know you're watching failed marriages. Just don't don't get your hopes up. Right. The odds are not in your favor. <laughs> All right. Let's Bye. End it. Bye-bye. But here we're going to go.